Welcome back to The Mentors. This is one of your hosts, Sergey Revzin. My co-host, Vadim, is traveling to a conference in Southern California this week, so he cannot join me today. But you're listening to today's edition of our five-minute pick-me-up, the episode series where we tell stories, true stories of entrepreneurs that we know, and leadership stories to motivate you for the week to come. And this week, I certainly have an inspiring story for you all. And it started with a question, a question that a young college student at Princeton uh, about a year and a half ago asked himself, and that is, what if I could send a rocket into space? Now, that is a huge, audacious goal and ambition that most people won't accomplish in a lifetime. But what stemmed as just a simple question ended up a year later being a full-on rocket launch, and I'm going to tell you exactly how this student accomplished that. But what this episode is really about is to get ourselves to sometimes think a little bit bigger. One of the things that we talk about on the show sometimes is for your first business, you should pursue something that maybe is achievable by you. Maybe you have access to a network. Maybe you have access to some specific expertise that could lend you to to be more successful on a project than somebody else. And I do stand by that advice for most first-time entrepreneurs. Starting a business is hard. Getting anything off the ground is hard. So you might as well start with something where not everything is going against you. But I like to challenge my own assumptions. We both do here at The Mentors, and that's why I'm bringing you this somewhat contrarian story, because something else that we talk about on this show is how to get the type of confidence that you need to do incredibly big things that other people maybe wouldn't dare. Even though we're proponents of starting with something that is accessible by you, one of the mantras that we live by is you don't need to have necessarily experience or connections to get something off the ground, even if it's a really big idea, such as launching a rocket into space. You just need the willingness to put the pieces of the puzzle together and actually develop those connections to be able to do something as big as that. So this college student out of Princeton had this crazy idea to put a rocket into space. And what did he start doing? Well, he did have some physics background, but he had never built a rocket of that scale before. He had certainly read about it, but hadn't done it himself. And he started Googling. He started doing what any of us would do and something that we all have access to, which is information on the internet to search about how this has been done in in the past, how amateur groups build rockets, how NASA has built rockets everywhere, starting even from the 1960s, and what it would take to actually get to space. And if they could prove as students that they could do this, then what else could they do, right? Then the sky's the limit. They could pretty much do anything else. And that was sort of the original dream. So the first lesson of this episode is Even if you don't know exactly what your project is going to end up being, you know, maybe it's going to be a company or maybe not yet just a company, but some audacious idea, start with just that one idea and seeing it to fruition. And that's exactly what these guys did. What one of the founders initially did of this project, other than Googling, is to email all of the rocketry clubs across all the college campuses that he could find online. And he ended up getting a bunch of them to respond 
And a lot of people were excited about this idea of actually sending a rocket into space. And so they joined in the project and they all worked on it remotely. It was about, in the end, I think 40 students from 30 some odd universities across the United States working on all of this remotely, on all of the different component parts of the rockets, all the logistics that needed to happen to actually put rockets into space. Turns out it's actually pretty complicated. You need to get land permissions, right? You actually have to have land to be able to launch a rocket into space. It needs to be a lot of land so that nobody is hurt in case something goes wrong miles and miles of land you need to get insurance the right type of insurance you have to get approvals from the federal aviation association the faa you need to get approvals from the military it turns out as well to do things like this right i mean there's a lot of satellites in space so all of this is is not a simple endeavor but Initially, they tried to do this themselves and just build this without any university support. And they actually never ended up having any kind of advisors that were formally sanctioned by the university. But they went around and they got their own informal advisors to support them and give them advice. And they realized pretty quickly that although they could work on this remotely and they actually worked over Slack to build the different component parts of the rocket and to communicate with the team on who was going to do what and when and they created a non-profit, a 501c3 to be able to start getting donations for this and building connections with people and organizations that wanted to donate to this because it wasn't free, of course, to build a rocket but they started doing this remotely and about seven or eight months into the project they hit a roadblock. They needed rocket fuel to actually send this thing into space to power this rocket, right? So you could build all the component parts, but where do you get rocket fuel? Turns out that one of the only places you could buy rocket fuel from is the military. And they thought, well, let's just make our own rocket fuel. And actually, I guess that is legal to do. Again, with a little Googling, they figured out that it's legal to do this if you get the proper permissions. But they weren't able to create the kind of rocket fuel at the cost that they would need to to make it efficient. So what did they do? Well, they decided, you know what, then we are going to have to partner with the army to do this and actually get them to, to, to sponsor us and give us the rocket fuel. So they reached out to some cadets they knew at West Point that they went to high school with. These cadets escalated to their leadership in the university and they were able to get the proper approvals and they actually were able to get a few folks from West Point to help them on this project and get the rest of the approvals and contracts and insurance and everything else they needed to do to be able to actually legally take on this project. They also founded private organizations like Spaceport America, which is the first private commercial space port, right, kind of like an airport, but for space travel, which is licensed by the FAA. So then they had actual location to do the launch from. And this probably wouldn't have been possible 20, 30 years ago before a private organization existed like this, right? Maybe you needed to be like a huge government contractor to get access to it. Timing is also a, a, a component that they got a little bit lucky with. But once they decided to partner with organizations like this, the plan started to, to move into action, right? They needed to, even little details like using a machine shop to fix some of the component parts that were poorly designed right they they had to find all these little partnerships not not just the students working on this in the different dormitories across the united states but actually organizations that can make this a legitimate endeavor and so one year later and the whole project cost about one hundred fifty thousand dollars, and just forty thousand dollars for the rocket alone and the insurance and all of that they needed to get right that's where all the costs come from and renting the space and everything to be able to do this but one year later 
they were actually able to launch a rocket. It, it was a completely new rocket design using two stages, this two 17-foot rockets that they basically put together based on the 1960s design that NASA used uh, to create the first ever two-stage rocket, and they were able to successfully do a launch. Now, it did not break the atmosphere and go into space because of some flaws in the design and last minute that they weren't really able to fix because they didn't have the resources but they did accomplish this huge goal of actually doing a launch as college students and putting all the resources into place and they didn't know where this was going to lead but they were so committed to it that one of the uh, main leads on the project ended up quitting from Princeton dropping out of Princeton actually and they decided to turn this into a company and they figured out a commercial application for this. First, they got into Y Combinator, this uh, coveted accelerator program in the United States that uh, decided to tell them to, to instead focus on drones because that's where the hot market is. And they said, you know what? No, we want to work on rockets. And they decided to go to this other accelerator called Starburst Accelerator, uh, which is actually going to help them with their mission of working on rockets with the government. The applications are, are going to be varying. It might be military applications. It might be some other applications. They are open to it because right now they want to help the United States innovate uh, in their rocket designs. And that's exactly what they're going to do, even though they're so young, by proving that they were able to do a successful launch. They got a bunch of PR, and now they were able to raise several hundred thousand dollars to now work on rockets for the government. They're going to get additional grants from the government and the military to do this again because the timing is right, and they're actually pumping dollars into this. But it would have never happened if they didn't start with this audacious goal of building a rocket with a remote team with a very little budget while they're still in college. And most people would not tell themselves that they could do this. So what this five-minute pick-me-up is really all about is to say that if you do have a really big idea that you want to work on, even if it's not necessarily yet a self-sustaining startup or business idea, it's just a big project that you want to do, by pursuing that project, it can help take you to the next level and help you bring you closer to a self-sustaining project. And the most motivating part of this whole story for me is that it seems like there's nothing that's too big that someone can't do regardless of their situation. If you have the health, if you have the presence of mind to actually execute on something and focus and put pieces of the puzzle together, get the right people in the room to solve problems, then it doesn't matter how big it is. In fact, having the idea be big can actually help attract people to it and help you accomplish something that you never thought you'd be able to alone. That's it for the 5-Minute Pick-Me-Up for this week, and we'll see you on Wednesday.